think of this kind of hybrid approach. And, and really that's kind of the joy of a hybrid approach is that the goal is to allow you to excel at things that you enjoy doing. The training should serve to enhance your life. It should not take over your life. All right, guys, welcome back to another sort of mini episode, if you want to call it that, of Moss and Moes here with Drew and Alex. Uh, in light of the impending upcoming launch of the Long and Strong program, we thought that it might make sense to come on here, answer a couple of questions, talk about the program, talk about the ideas behind where we're going, what we're doing, and uh, hopefully generate some excitement. Yeah, there've been a there've been a bunch of questions. We collected all of the big ones that I've gotten a few times, and we're just going to roll through and answer it. But I think before we do that, Drew, do you want to explain just in general terms how this program works? Sure. So we, for a long time now, we've been getting requests from folks asking about programming. Obviously, we talk about programming quite a bit. We have a lot of guests on that talk about programming, and it makes sense to kind of put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and actually create a product that aligns with some of the things that we discuss on the podcast. So that was the genesis behind Long and Strong. And essentially what it is, is an ongoing, open-ended, uh, kind of team-driven program. And if you have been around Train Heroic, which is the platform that we use, or, or really any any training app that would be similar, you, you would probably be able to visualize what we're after here. So effectively, the way it works is, is programming is released a week at a time. Like I said, it's open-ended, so it's not like a typical, hey, here's a 12-week uh, squat cycle or here's a, you know, buy our six-week ACFT prep. This is a, an ongoing an ongoing thing. And, and the nice thing about the way that it's set up is that it's very community-driven. So for folks that have already signed up for it, you you will have seen this, uh, you know, message boards feature really heavily. There's a lot of engagement, a lot of communication. And the goal with this is to use that to sort of drive the direction that we're going in. And we'll, we'll dive a little deeper when we get to some of the FAQs, but effectively, you know, the way it will work is you will subscribe to the program. Uh, if you sign up before, um, the beginning of September, it's $20 a month and you'll be, you'll be locked into that rate for as long as you decide to stay with us. If you sign up after September, it will be $30 a month. And again, you'll be, you'll be locked into that rate for as long as you're with us. There is an option. Um, uh, we, we don't really promote it all that much, but there is an option to sign up for a complete year at a time. Should you choose to do that? Um, but it's, you know, in my mind, it's very much a monthly thing. It's a subscription. So You'll sign up for the training and you can go for as long as you want. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. I think that about covers it. Do you want to do, because that was the logistics of how it all works. Do you want to talk about like what type of program this is sure. that people should expect before we go into the questions? Yeah. So if you've been, I guess, around me for any period of time, or really if you've listened to Moms and Moes for any period of time, I think the best way to envision this is that it's, it's, a kind of hybrid program. And I realize that that's a little bit of a buzzword. So effectively what we're after here is a balance of strength and endurance. And, you know, you could throw work capacity in there too, but basically the idea that you can be good at all things at all times. And that doesn't mean, and we've talked about this before, that doesn't mean that we are taking a strength approach and slapping a run 
approach right on top. It's more about balancing everything across the board. And so again, if you've listened to the episodes that we've had where we talk about this, you know, the goal for me as I write these sessions out is that you sort of see in, you know, the real world what that what those principles really mean. So when we talk about consolidating stressors, when we talk about, you know, pairing up our speed work with our with our lower body strength work, like these are things that you'll see play out if you if you follow this program for any period of time. You'll also see a heavy dose of autoregulation. You'll see a lot of really a lot of expected input on behalf of the athlete. And so, you know, without like getting super far into the weeds in terms of like, what's the third thing we're going to do on Wednesday? It's at the outset, at least it's, it's a healthy balance between traditional strength training, barbell based stuff, dumbbells, kettlebells, you know, normal sets, reps, things like that. And then, you know, because we're such big advocates of things like zone two, you'll see a lot of that stuff too. And then sprinkled in between there, you'll see some work capacity and, and, you know, we could, we probably will have an entire episode on what work capacity actually is, but think of, um, you know, metabolic conditioning type stuff circuits. And I know Alex has been beta testing a lot of this and we'll probably talk about it more here in a little bit, but the goal is that you, you get a sense of how to train a little bit of everything all the time. And then as we progress through, and we'll answer some of this in the questions that we've gotten from folks, as we progress over time towards different goals, you'll see the volume knobs get turned up or down for those various attributes based on what it is we're training for. So if, if as a community, for example, we decide that we want to crush a 5k in, you know, three months, you'll see a toning down of some of the strength work and a ramping up of some of the endurance work. And then we'll have kind of a big to do on social media when it's time to, to test that 5k. Similarly, we could create, you know, a mops and Mo's Olympics or whatever, and we could have that feature heavily in the program the idea is that the whole thing is kind of living and breathing and can adapt to what the community wants to go after. I'll add to um, a little bit of behind the scenes on the development of the program and stuff. I was pretty adamant that we like do the beta testing phase and get to look through it and things like that. And it wasn't necessarily to see like whether it was good programming per se, it was to make sure it wasn't generic. It's not hard to put together like a, a halfway reasonable program that'll get you a little faster and a little stronger and things like that. It just ends up looking very cookie cutter. If you do the, like buy the textbook approach to this kind of thing. I know a bunch of the people who listen to this have been through the master fitness trainer course. And I talk about it all the time. That's a very by the book approach to how to program hybrid training. If you want to call it that, or just getting good at both endurance and strengths, so you get a lot of like three sets of eight to 10, of one thing and then three sets of eight to 10 of the opposing muscle group. And then three sets of eight to 10 going back to the first muscle group. And then at the end of it, you do however many minutes of whatever. And I, I just didn't want one more program that looked exactly like that. I want a program that incorporates enough of that and is consistent with those principles, but also has enough there that it's engaging and frankly fun. Like I want there to be a little bit of enjoyment factor to this thing. Some events that you're like, get to be a little bit competitive on or something like that, or things that challenge you or push you a little bit past what you were thinking. And I think we've achieved that pretty well. I think there's enough diversity here that it, you'll see the same exercises come back for a few weeks in a row and things like that. Cause consistency is important and taking the same things is important, but it isn't going to be so repetitive that you feel like it's a chore or something like that. Well, yeah. And 
I'm sure different coaches have different names for this type of thing, this type of progression kind of that we have in mind here, but, you know, kind of getting into the weeds a little bit for the, for the, how the sausage is made, so to speak, is you can think of, especially the strength work, you can think of it as sort of running in, I suppose, like a three week phase or whatever. And and by that, I mean that you'll, you'll see a lot of the same primary movements for a couple of weeks in a row, because like you mentioned, the goal there is to progress and build upon what you're already doing. The accessory work will rotate a little bit more frequently. And then sort of what I would consider like the tertiary work or the part three or, or whatever that will rotate a lot more frequently. And so again, like you mentioned, the idea there is that we, we, we eat our vegetables uh, with, with the big stuff that we know is going to drive progression. And then we have a little bit of fun with the things that maybe, are still important, but we have a little bit more wiggle room as far as, you know, how frequently we need to do those things. Um, the other, the other thing that is really important to me as a, as a coach and somebody kind of writing this and having done a bajillion programs in the past is transparency. Uh, and and that's something that we really want to hold tightly to as we develop this program over time. Like I say this to every athlete that I work with one-on-one, it's like my, my goal is to put myself out of a job. And by that, I mean, we will be very transparent with the why behind different things. We will we will do our best to explain all of the things. So if you're part of this community, if you're part of Long and Strong and you have access to the message boards, you have access to me and to Alex, you have questions about, you know, why are you doing that? What does this mean? Why do you do this and then that? Why does this fall on this day versus that day? Can I incorporate, you know, X, Y, and Z? Like, all of those questions will be answered. There's really no like secret sauce. And I hate when coaches act like they have all the, you know, all the tools, all the candy, and they keep it behind closed doors and you have to pay them, you know, $99.99 for their ebook. Like that's not what we're about. So when you subscribe to this program and you're part of the community, like the goal is to effectively teach you how to do this. So if for some reason down the road, you're not with us or you don't have access to stuff or you just need some inspiration, you've hopefully taken something from this and taken something from sort of the supplementary material, the things we publish on the blog, the things we talk about on the podcast so that you're an informed athlete and not just a hamster showing up to the lab and running on the wheel. Well, in the spirit of transparency and making sure we're answering questions, should we dive into those? Let's do it. All right. The first few of these will be like less discussion oriented and just kind of like binary answers to questions. But the first one is how many workouts per day and how many workouts per week? So I will answer and a couple of things to preface this. These are questions that we fielded from the Instagram community and, and basically our extended network. So if, if folks who listen to this podcast and aren't engaging on Instagram and you have questions, reach out, you can use the website. Uh, but these questions come from Instagram. The other thing is I will answer these questions based on the sessions that we have already planned out right now. And so, like I mentioned, the the, the program will publish one week at a time. Um, and I have written as of now to be completely transparent in the spirit of what I just said. Right now, I've written three weeks of that. And so the, the answers that I have to these questions, if you ask me a year from now, it might change. But for right now, to answer that question specifically, it's one session a day. And it is programmed for six days out of the week. And bearing in mind that one of those six sessions is a sort of prescribed active recovery uh, where you can choose to either do some some kind of mobility-based work or do like an easier non-impact cardio session. So short answer, 
one session a day. And that includes a warm up. That includes the primary stuff, the accessory stuff. In some cases, it's more of an endurance session, obviously. Uh, and then six days a week with that seventh day, that Sunday being sort of an off day. That answers question two as well, because people were wondering if there was going to be any programmed active recovery. Yes. And I will, I'll, I'll caveat that and say yes. Um, and then sort of like, yes, again, because I think as we go and as again, we sort of get feedback from everybody, the active recovery will be a little bit more explicitly programmed and we may implement some more movement based active recovery or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, it, there are days in there that say specifically like do this as a recovery day. Awesome. I'll take question three, actually, because it's pretty straightforward. Uh, are you going to share sample workouts? And the answer is yes. Frankly, by the time this episode publishes, I probably will have posted one or two. Um, they'll be on the Instagram page. I'll just like snip it out of Train Heroic and show you what a day of training looks like. So you get an idea of that as we get closer to the official launch. Well, and I also would go so far as to think that we would probably, I mean, maybe we won't, but maybe we will just sort of do that over time to continuously occasionally yeah, you got to tease sense. people you got to give people the teaser and then they got to come and sign up yeah speaking of giving people a teaser and i think this one comes after the kind of pre-sale we're doing for the month of august here but will there be any free trials so yes is the answer and and the reason for that is one it's good but then two uh, like I mentioned, the, the app that we're using right now is called Train Heroic. Uh, and the way that Train Heroic sets themselves up in, in what they call the marketplace is that you can choose or choose not to um, include a seven-day free trial with the with the program that you write. So right now, at least up until the beginning of September, there hasn't been a free trial included, obviously, because programming hasn't launched yet. We just have that early bird special, that $20 special sitting there for folks that want to jump on board early. Once it launches and it goes up to $30 a month, I will activate that seven-day free trial. And then, you know, when you're on the marketplace and you're looking at, at long and strong, you'll be able to see a sample week. Awesome. This next one might get into a little bit more conversation, but people are definitely wondering if there are going to be any kind of other programs that are a little more specialized to specific topics. So some of the ones people asked about were like injury specific kind of rehab plans or how to work around an injury kind of plans, um, selection prep. Um, I got a couple of questions about like an endurance specific one for people who really want to go in that direction. Um, uh, all of that kind of stuff. What other, what other types of programs are on the horizon here? So we have already been in conversation with people about a, an injury prevention wing of mops and mows, if you will. And so I think the short answer to that one is that yes, uh, we are developing injury prevention plans that folks will be able to buy. And, and I think how we envision that working is that say, for example, you're doing long and strong, like we mentioned it's six days a week. It's, it's just kind of, you know, a training program and, you know, for some reason, whether training related or otherwise you tweak your knee. Um, we would have a sort of return to run slash knee prehab, whatever program available that you would be able to purchase. And it would layer on top of long and strong. So whereas before I mentioned long and strong is kind of an open-ended ongoing thing, monthly subscription, the injury plans that we're talking about creating are more of your traditional, like, you know, eight week X, Y, Z, 12 week, this, 
And the reason for that is, you know, you could you could buy it once and you could have it in your train heroic library for forever. So if you ever wanted to go back and and you know address some lower lower back stuff or some knee stuff or some shoulder stuff, I will I will add to that that those programs are not being developed by Alex or I because we are not injury prevention specialists. They are being developed by people who specialize in this type of thing. Um, and then you know just to go a little bit further on that. One thing we've talked about too with the injury prevention stuff is having an actual kind of one-on-one coaching option available for that service. So assuming we can, you know, create a situation where we would retain those types of folks, it would be almost a consultation-based service where you could, you know, hire quote unquote, a, a coach, a physical therapist, a practitioner that could help you work through an injury in a much more specific and individualized way than what you would get from the injury plans we just mentioned. So I think, I think that answered that piece of that question. It sure does. You want to move on to like specialized selection prep kind of stuff? Yes. So, um, yes, selection prep is a little bit different for, for me and you can chime in on this too, if you have some thoughts. So I've been training guys and gals one-on-one for a long time. And and most of those are for folks that want to go to selection, be that, you know, a tier one selection or a, I guess tier two selection, if you want to call it that. My, my opinion on that is that as easy as it is to go online and find, you know, SEAL Team 6's freaking prep program off of Reddit, like there's a bajillion of those things out there. They're fine, but... If you're in a position in your career where you have decided to like put yourself through any of those phases or any of those selection programs and and suffer through what those require, you are better off investing the money in a one-on-one experience. And so to that effect, the one-on-one coaching is something that we are going to offer. We haven't necessarily announced it yet. We haven't really formalized what that's going to look like. That's sort of the next step after we launch long and strong. Um, so I think to answer the question that I I assume people were asking, like, are you going to publish a 16-week Green Beret selection program? Probably not, only because I I think that that's a disservice. I think for the money, you are better off hiring, you know, Mops and Moes if you want, or someone else to actually give you an individualized program because in order to be successful in those selection events, you as an individual need to be firing on all cylinders. And the only way to really do that is to invest the time and energy into training that way. And I mean, to be a little bit <laughs> maybe maybe cynical or blunt, uh, if you are not willing to invest the money in getting that type of training to succeed at that specific goal, I would argue whether or not you are as devoted to that goal as you think you are, if that's not too aggressive. Ooh, he's coming at you right there. <laughs> Only because I've seen this play out literally for over 10 years. So the next one, and I think I'm going to broaden it out. I mentioned specifically endurance focus, but I guess really the question here is, will there be other tracks to the program in the future that are more specialized on one side or the other of the strength endurance continuum? Yes. And we, we've talked about this again as sort of a, a forecasting thing, uh, you know, Hey, down the road, maybe this does, you know, maybe it morphs into this. So yeah, the short answer is yes. I think, like I mentioned at the beginning, long and strong as it stands is designed to make you good at, at everything. So 
you know, if I had to envision the archetype, the archetypal, 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 maybe archetype, archetypal, you, you guys know what I'm saying. But I had to envision sort of the stereotypical athlete that would come out on the back end of, of long and strong. They would be able to run a, a decent 5k and lift a decent amount of weight, you know, on the same day. Like that to me is, is a good hybrid athlete. Inevitably, there are going to be people that want to win that 5k or conversely win that powerlifting meet. And so I think what we will end up doing as the community grows is create branches of long and strong. So it would still be that subscription-based open-ended program. It would just be biased one way or the other towards those different goals. You would still see, for example, on the endurance-focused track, you would still have lifting involved. It would still be quote-unquote hybrid, but it would be more specific to folks that have an endurance goal. You know, and the alternative is kind of like with the injury plan stuff, like, you you know, you could create a, a 12 week 5k plan. But again, I go back to the conversation around like, there's a million of those out there. I would rather educate somebody on how to combine different types of programs than just create a bunch of arbitrary ones. I dig it. I think that comes back to the overall theme of like creating autonomous athletes to a certain degree of like giving them taste of it and if they want to go really specialized, there's always the one-on-one option. Mm -hmm. So next question, we've had a few on this front. And actually just before we got on to record this, we were talking about another podcast episode dedicated to this topic entirely. So we don't have to go too far down the rabbit hole, but will this program include rucking? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it will, but it will not be a rucking program. And and what I mean by that is if, if you are coming at this, and you're not in the military, or you don't need to ruck, um, or you know, other end of the spectrum, you're you're in an organization that already does rucking, and you don't really have a way out of it. Um, I, I will I will shy away from explicitly programming just rucking. There will always be alternatives to that. So you know, for example, most of the volume type endurancey stuff happens on the weekends because logistically it's easier to do that stuff on the weekends. And so you you might see, you know, 75-minute ruck or 60-minute run or, you know, 45-minute swim, whatever. I mean, like, hopefully you get the idea. Like, different things will be available. You'll have a menu of options. One of those will be rucking. And to go with that, too, I think there's always a degree of autonomy that you have when you're executing this program. We're not going to be there over your shoulder making sure you're Mm -hmm. doing it right or anything. So if you know you have a ruck based event coming up that you want to prepare for, you certainly have the freedom to make the decision when you're looking at the conditioning that's programmed and saying, Hey, maybe for me running, isn't the right modality on this particular day. I think I'll swap it for a ruck that that would be fine. And that's you doing, that's essentially just auto-regulation, right? You're making an adjustment based on what you need at your particular situation. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I think we glossed over that. I should have, I should have been more explicit early on about, you know, logistically the way the program is set up. So it's, it's hard to be as individualized with a group-based program like this, you know, inevitably we're, we have to appeal to the masses because the masses is, is who is signing up for this. And so my goal as the person writing most of these sessions is to, you know, create what I like to call, and I think we've maybe talked about this before is, is create constraints. And so what that tends to look like is, you might see, for example, a back squat 
programmed on your app, but within the the comments around the the exercise, I will provide for you different options, different things you could do instead. Maybe it's a front squat, a split squat, whatever. Um, similarly, like we mentioned with the rucking, you might have a run day and then I give you some alternatives. And then the other thing too, is a lot of that will play out in the, in, in the commentary that the community provides. So again, the nice thing about the way train heroic sets this up is y- you will be able to not necessarily see what everyone else is doing unless we decide to toggle that feature on, but you will be able to engage with people to ask about alternatives, ask about scaling. If if I miss something for some reason and you have a question, you could throw it out to the community. It's it's almost like a forum. You throw it out to the community, they could provide you an alternative. So my goal is to, instead of telling you what to do, is just give you an idea of how to do it. And then within that, you can navigate. So if you do need to scale something because you either don't like a movement or you don't have the equipment, it should be obvious to you how to do that if I do my job well. So I think, you know, we've we've kind of answered the rucking question and expanded a little bit on the autonomy piece. The goal is for there to be as much of that as possible while still adhering to the fact that we do have to appeal to, you know, so many folks. Awesome. Um, I think the answer to this one is relatively self-explanatory. And at the end of this episode, I'll talk through my experience beta testing it because it's relevant. But can this work as a second program? If, for example, you're somebody who is also doing unit PT or also doing training for some other specific goal? Yeah. I mean, sure. It could work as a third or fourth program if you're a maniac. I will tell you, uh, you know, when I when I write it, it is designed as a standalone thing. If it, if all you do is long and strong, you will be fitter than you are now. If you are locked into unit PT and you can't get out of that, like I was just talking to a guy today who asked to ruck on Thursdays because his unit rucks on Thursdays, then, you know, inevitably, yes, like you will have to figure out a way to weave that within what we're already doing. And we can talk about some of those strategies, but it, it it could work as a second program. If you are the type of person who layers programs, I would encourage you not to do that. And you could reach out to us if you want some ideas or some inspiration as to how to better structure your approach to training. I dig it. Like I said, I'll, I'm doing this program and some other things. So I'll talk about it when we get to the end of this. And I talk about how beta testing is going. Well, actually, since I here, since I mentioned it, I'll dive a little deeper. So the the person that I mentioned who is forced to, to ruck, maybe not forced, but like, hey, gets to ruck on Thursdays. If you have read on our blog the post that I put up quite a long time ago about sort of the core principles, I forget what I titled it, but um the the principles of tactical strength conditioning or tactical training, this program and, and the way that I program adheres to all of those. And one of those is this idea called flexible periodization, which maybe I made it up. I don't know. But effectively, what that means is when you log on to Train Heroic, because of the way that the the system is built, I have to build programming on a calendar, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the way through Sunday. Like it has to sit on the calendar, but you can move those sessions around. And, and the document that comes with the program will show you how to do that using the swap feature that Train Heroic has. So for example, if you're concerned about this program conflicting with things that you aren't able to get away from, like that Thursday ruck, you could move, you know, the the Saturday long cardio piece to Thursday and that ruck could stand as that session. And then the session that you had programmed for Thursday could move to 
Saturday. So you, you'll have that ability to move things around. And I build the sessions in such a way that like they're self-contained. So you can, you can do that to an extent. Yeah. And you'll have to apply a little common sense when you do that kind of stuff. Of course. I said, I'd dive into this a little more later, but like I've been doing a bunch of mountain biking recently. Often I find myself doing a long mountain bike ride on Sunday, which is programmed as the rest day, but I will often just slide over the longer endurance session day and call it done because I did it as my mountain bike. Now it's not the mountain bike might be longer than whatever you programmed. And I might not have stuck to the intensity you programmed and things like that. So it's not exactly what the program said to do, but it would be a little bit redundant. I mean, eventually if I'm getting up to more volume tolerance, I might do both and things like that, but you have to make a reasonable decision based on your current level of fitness and the other demands on your time and all those kinds of things. Yes. And to that point, having just moved to Colorado, mountain biking is now a big part of, of Alex's life. And so so much so that he doesn't talk to me as much as he used to anymore. And we're working through that. Our relationship is just fine. But having said that, I see, I have seen this a lot and I have experienced this a lot where, you know, coaches build a program and they think that like, that's your new hobby is their program. I will tell you unequivocally with long and strong, that is not the case. This is designed to supplement what you like to do in your normal life. So like, if you like to mountain bike, freaking go mountain bike and like the the programming will be fine. Like you will not lose out because you decided to go mountain bike. So again, think of this kind of hybrid approach. And, and really that's kind of the joy of a hybrid approach is that the goal is to allow you to excel at things that you enjoy doing. The training should serve to enhance your life. It should not take over your life. Good timing about it being a hobby. I got this question a couple of times. Is this oh, CrossFit? No, it's not CrossFit. Well, <laughs> depends on what you think of when you think of CrossFit. Like if 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 you're a traditionalist and the idea of moving weights fast and then occasionally hopping on an assault bike, if if that is CrossFit to you, then yeah, there's some CrossFit in here. If your version of CrossFit is muscle ups and handstand push ups and rebounding box jumps, no. You're not going to see that. So sort of like there's metabolic conditioning, there's work capacity and it's actually funny. So as an aside somewhat, when I first started working with special operations, I was programming, you know, in the traditional kind of superset vernacular. And what I mean by that is, you know, three sets of back squats and, you know, superset with three sets of whatever. And interestingly, what I noticed was that because so many of the guys that I worked with were coming from a CrossFit background, a Jim Jones background, whatever, when I changed it from sets to rounds, literally just changed the word from sets to rounds, like compliance went through the roof. And all of a sudden it was like the sessions were cool and literally nothing changed except I changed the word sets to rounds. And so you might see that sometimes and you might think to yourself, holy shit, I'm doing CrossFit. You're not, you're just doing training. So the short answer is no, it is not CrossFit. It is, again, what I would consider kind of a hybrid approach to training, which basically means you're going to be doing a little bit of everything. Maybe thrusters, even though I freaking hate thrusters. Well, I mean, I don't think CrossFit owns any specific movements and it's kind of frustrating how people talk about it in certain ways. I know three weeks into beta testing, I haven't seen any kipping at all. And like, I don't said, think I've I used the word wad either. Nope. Has not appeared so far. 
that said, there will be moments where like, if you're on the lookout for CrossFit, it might feel like you're doing some CrossFit stuff. Uh, once in a while, you may do a burpee or two, um, things like that. And like Drew said, there may be some sessions where you're doing both the cardio modality and a resistance modality, but I, I don't think it'll look a whole lot like what CrossFitters would expect when they go into a gym. Maybe sometimes it gets a little bit of that flavor. Well, and like, who's to say we don't as a community do like Murph around Memorial day. Like it's, it's true. Fun. A lot of people do that. Cool. Is that CrossFit? I don't know. What I will tell folks is that if you're curious about the thinking and the methodology behind the, the work capacity piece of all of this, which is where I would kind of cage this question. I just put up a blog post, I think last week about or maybe the week before about work capacity and my, my thoughts behind it. And it was something that I wrote a couple of years ago. I mentioned it in the intro to the piece. Um, but hopefully it gives you an idea of where I'm coming from when it comes time to program the work capacity stuff. And I assure you it's, it's not pulling a bunch of random exercises out of a hopper. And I'll definitely share that again. Cause I think that was a pretty useful article that helps give a little context. Thanks. Yeah. If, if you're like, if you're a mops and mo's, you know, ride or die, like we've been drip feeding the methodology behind this training now for a long time. Yep. In both, in both podcast episodes and blog posts. Yeah. And Instagram. It's true. Like when, when I talk about this a lot, but like when Alex worked out in tights, like that was, <laughs> that was a preview of what's to come. Here we are long and strong. I'll, uh, I'll drop some more of that content soon to help advertise the program. Please don't. <laughs> so next question, and this will, I'll ask, it's kind of the same question, kind of not, but I'll ask it in two different ways. Cause I think that's a little bit helpful. Version one, is it periodized? Version two, does this program have specific phases? Does it have base build peak taper kind of stuff? Or are there going to be phases where the training focus changes? Yada, yada, yada. Is it periodized? No, not in the traditional capital P sense. And what I mean by that is like, you're not, we're not going to just arbitrarily train for three weeks and then deload for a week and then increase our percentages and train for three weeks. Like that's not, hopefully if you've listened to us for any period of time, you understand that we believe that that stuff is largely bullshit. The other reason that it, it doesn't necessarily follow that type of approach is because again, it's a, it's a group based community driven thing. And so for lack of having a singular event that every single one of us is training for, it's kind of impossible to have everyone follow, a, you know, a peaking tapering base building, whatever. Now <laughs> that does not mean that it's random. There are phases. And, and what I mean by that is the way that I program. And if you've worked with me one-on-one, -on -one, you will know this. Like I will, I will program a week for you. And then based on how you do that week, we'll inform the next week and the next week and the next week. And then when it comes time to wind things back again or back a bit, because we've sort of maxed our adaptation to that collection of training sessions, hey, boom, we'll call that a phase and we'll move on to the next thing. And in a lot of ways, this group-based you know, training plan follows that same structure. So for example, you know, right now at the beginning, at the launch of this thing, we've kind of got all the volume knobs sitting at the same place. Like there's an, there's an equal dosing of endurance and strength and work capacity. And we'll, we'll run that for a while and it'll be good. 
And then if we decide, you know, like I mentioned as a community that, you know, we're, we're getting into winter and we want to train for, I don't know, I used the 5k example earlier. So I'll use that one again. If we, if we decide, Hey, we're going to train for a 5k, then that phase of the long and strong program will become more endurance based. And it will, the goal then is that on a particular day on the calendar, and we'll announce this on social media, we'll talk about it on the podcast. I'll talk about it on long and strong as a community together, we will work towards that event. So in, in that sense, there are phases to it, but it is not periodized because I have not set in some secret cave and planned out four years of training. I'm not going to tell you that, you know, 17 Tuesdays from now, we're going to squat for five reps at 85% because I think that's a stupid way of programming training. Uh, and it's not what we're going to do. So hopefully that answered it without getting too triggered. No, I mean, you're clearly a tiny <laughs> bit triggered, but I'll, I'll Sorry. layer in there just a tiny bit. Um, we talked about autonomous athletes and things like that and auto-regulation. And there, there may be times when you need to phase it on your end a little bit. Maybe something's coming up that you want to be feeling really fresh for. So you do some version of a deload by dialing back either the intensity or the volume for the week leading into it. And you make that decision and you just execute that on your own or you like adjust session, whatever it is, you can play with that on your end. And I would encourage that for certain things, right? Like if you got, if you have an ACFT coming up, that's going to be really important for a promotion that you're worried about and you want to squeeze out a few extra points, consider something like that. Drew talked about a 5k. If you got a race coming up or if you got a marathon coming up or something like that, you might want to play a little bit with what you're doing. Cut yourself some slack. If you're about to compete, whatever it is, all of those things are things you are totally authorized to do as a participant in the program. You have a lot of autonomy to make adjustments. Yeah. And, and two points come to mind that I want to make like abundantly clear on this is number one, like the, we've talked a lot about autonomy. We've talked about auto-regulation. You know, we've talked about constraints. The idea with long and strong is that you can, you can jump in and out of it whenever you need to. And I, I don't mean that to say like, keep subscribing and unsubscribing, but you know, if you think of a traditional strength training program that gives you like, Hey, this is a 12 week squat cycle. And if for some reason, because of life or your job or whatever, you can't complete a week, say you go on vacation a program like that is not designed for you to then jump back in a week later because, you know, assumedly you missed last week's quote unquote progression. And here you are a week later having not trained, but yet you're supposed to be increasing everything because that's what the program says. That's not the way that long and strong is written because of the use of things like rep ranges and RPE and, and on the endurance side, again, sort of the same concept with autoregulation. If you can't complete a week because of work or life, or you miss a day or whatever, like you're fine. You can jump back in the following session and because of the way that the constraints work, the way that the program is written, you will, you will complete whatever you can complete at, at an intensity or a volume level for that particular day. So that's kind of the first point I want to make. And the reason why I get a little bit triggered when people ask if it's periodized, because I think what they're envisioning is like, are we going to go through a 12 week you know, cycle with our percentages increasing and our reps decreasing and whatever, like, no, you're not going to do that. We will like, you know, inevitably RPE might go up, reps might go down. Like we will work you towards progression, but we'll do it. We will do it in such a way 
that you're not like locked into a thing and you can never take a break. The other piece I'll add, we've talked a lot about community, transparency, access to us. I think it goes without saying for both Alex and I, like the fact that people are willing to give dollar bills to us to do training, like says a lot, it means a lot. And so as part of that, like if if you're doing long and strong and you have a question about, hey, like I got an ACFT coming up in three weeks or, you know, I want to do this 5K for Thanksgiving. How do I make that work with the program? Like, I'm not kidding. Email us, like ask us, we will answer those questions. Like I'm, I'm kind of standing by on long and strong to answer those questions. I don't want people to sort of get lost in the sauce and think that we're not accessible. So (laughs) until it starts to take up more of my life than I want it to, like we'll be as accessible as we can to help folks navigate this in such a way that they can layer in some things that they want to do on the side. And, and I will say too, I'm, I pulled up train heroic while you're talking, um, looking at the calendar and there's a button to message the team. And I already see people in there like sending messages, announcing they're looking forward to getting started and all that kind of stuff. That will be an active forum for people who are on the program to, to share how they're doing. If something looks weird in the program and they think it might affect other people, they can drop it in there. If you want to share your results and get a little competitive, whatever it is, there's, there's a place there to have those conversations too. Right. And and on that point too, and I know we've, we've like hammered this question to death now. One of the features that Train Heroic has that's, that's really nice is the leaderboard feature. And the way that that works is basically if, you know, like, you know, I keep using the 5k example. If we decide that, you know, we're going to test a 5k in four weeks, when it comes time to do that, we can toggle that leaderboard feature. And as folks complete that event, you'll be able to see across the entire community you know, who's done what, who, who's winning, who, like, where do I stand next to everybody else doing this? So there will be that component of it too. And I think that that gets back to the phases of training leading into that. We'll call it leaderboarded event. We will have built sessions designed specifically to help you succeed at that thing. All right. Next one, I'll give you a chance to answer, and then I'll answer it based on like my experience actually beta testing it. But what would you say are the equipment requirements to execute this program? You know, to do it as written with no changes whatsoever, you would need your basic setup, like a barbell, obviously with some weights, um, a bench, the ability to do pull-ups, dumbbells and or kettlebells. I would, I would encourage people to have access to some kind of cardio implement, ideally a non-impact cardio implement. So like a bike or a ski erg or a rower. If you had all of those things, I think you would be totally fine. If you don't have any or some of those things, you will also be fine. And again, if, if I do my job well, I will include... You know, for example, if if I program a, a work capacity piece that has a ski erg in it, understandably, not everybody has access to a ski erg. So I will include in there some alternatives that you can use. And, you know, if, for example, I have a 500 meter row and you don't have a rower, you will, again, hopefully if I do my job well, you will see, you know, a substitute, a 400 meter run as an example. So access to basic equipment should get you most, if not all of the way there. Um, I'm not going to be the asshole that programs like a stone lift and assumes that everybody has access to a heavy rock. It's, it's pretty generic as far as equipment goes. And then if we need to make substitutions, instructions will be there to help you with that. 
I would agree with that 90%. Uh-oh. Basically, for all the strength sessions, as long as you have barbell, rack, dumbbells, and or kettlebells, because you can pretty much interchange those in most cases, you're good to go for most of that. And like you said, if you it'd be ideal to have some like low impact or non-impact cardio modalities for when those are mixed in. But if you really had to do all of it as running, you'd probably be okay too. The only one I've run into so far that I haven't had access to the equipment to readily available at at the place I train is some sled work kind of stuff um, where you kind of need turf and or grass and a sled you can push. Um, But that's a, that's one where you can, you can make some substitutions if you have to. So as, as long as, I mean, I ended up doing it with a hallway basically, and just, you don't, you don't have a sled to push. So you have to pick an exercise alternative that fits in there nicely, but those are pretty straightforward substitutions to make. Yeah. And the other thing too, again, sort of a shout out to trainer Rock is you have the ability on the app to swap exercises. And, and when you do that swap feature, you literally have access to the entire library of exercises. So you, you could feasibly swap a back squat for a bicep curl. Like I wouldn't necessarily encourage it, but you, you will have that ability. But like I said, ultimately my job as the one writing this is to include instructions on what I would recommend you swapping things for. And this is another kind of plug for the document that will come with this program. And for context, what I mean by that is when you have access to long and strong at the beginning of each day, you'll have sort of instructions on what the intent of the day is. And then you will also have a link to a Google doc, which is the document explaining just about everything related to the program. What is auto-regulation? What is RPE? What are some pretty generic exercise swaps, things like that. And it's a living document. So as we get feedback from the community, as the program grows, we will add things to that. So that again, will be another resource you can use to help drive some of these substitutions. Awesome. Um, I did get a question about, is this doable during PT hours? Like is, are the workouts of a length and style that you could do it as your PT, if you have the autonomy to do so. And I'll, I'll kind of answer it from my perspective before I hand it to you, Drew. One, um, I think I haven't run into a session yet where if you are just where like in every case, if you're staying on task and just kind of focusing on getting the work done and not messing around on your phone between sets and stuff like that, you can get them all done in an hour. Um, I think I might've ticked slightly over an hour in a couple cases, but that was usually because I was feeling bad for myself before doing the work capacity <laughs> session at the end because I knew how bad it was going to suck. Texting um, me, but, telling me to shorten it. <laughs> but those are uh, those are pretty straightforward for getting it done in the time. The only issue I would potentially have, like, if you are planning on doing this during PT hours at an on-base gym at a place where lots of other people are trying to work out during PT hours, you may have some issues securing enough like space to do some superset kind of stuff, or like getting back to a rack if you give it up because somebody's already taken it or something like that. Um, those are the only things that would make it slightly limiting, but if you're doing it somewhere that's not crazy crowded or you're doing it in your garage or something like that, yeah, it'll absolutely work within those timeframes. You know, when I write sessions out, I think on aggregate, they usually end up being about an hour, um, sometimes less. Like you mentioned, if you're the type of person that spends a bunch of time on their phone or feels like they need a really long warm up, or, you know, whatever, Obviously it will it will stretch longer. The only caveat I would I would add to that is 
when we talk about some of the zone two stuff, some of the endurance stuff, um, some of those sessions will intentionally be longer than an hour, but more often than not, you will see that type of stuff programmed on the weekend. Because again, the assumption is on a Saturday, you've got some extra time to be able to get away and do, do a longer run. But yeah, if, if you're sort of locked into a PT training schedule where you've got an hour, hour and a half, like you should be fine. All right. All right. Getting close to the end of the questions here. And this one probably should have asked when we were talking about like alternative programs and things like that, but I had a few people ask, and this is both related to long and strong. And it's a question I've received numerous times over the course of the last year or two, but will there be any programming available designed for unit PT rather than being designed for an individual? Yes. I'll give my thoughts on it if you want first. Yeah, you go, you go first. So this one is tough. And I've had this conversation with a few people who have DM'd me about it on Instagram. To to do that right, it's less of a program and more of a consultation because we got to know like what's the fitness level of the unit right now? What is the goal that you're training for? What are the physical demands of your tasks that your unit is responsible for? What kind of equipment do you have access to? Are you allowed to go to the gym? Are you not? Do you have pull-up bars around? Do you not? Whatever, whatever. So that becomes a whole thing. And there, I would love to at some point offer that as a service we do, like some sort of formal consultation where we like get all that in some kind of intake form and put together something. We're not quite there yet, but that is something certainly on the radar. Other things I've thought about, like maybe some kind of seminar where a bunch of people can attend and we talk through some principles of how you would get after that stuff. Um, maybe access to some kind of library that has like a nice selection of like workouts that work really well for a population of X number of people that require minimal equipment. Um, there's there's lots of ways to get after this one. There's no one clean answer. And as Drew said earlier, this program is kind of because of the nature of the delivery we're doing, it kind of has to be for the masses and it can't be tailored to some of those situations. I will say, as you go through it, you might find some stuff in there that you could do for unit PT. I've I've kind of been thinking about it as I go through it. There are a lot of pieces of this program that if all you had was like a Connex full of ACFT equipment, you could get after a large percentage of some of these things. So you might do the program and take inspiration from it for unit PT, but getting to the actual delivery of better content designed for that is farther down the road, I think. I'm glad you answered first because where my head went was more of like the logistical side of things. And I will say that it's it's not a feature that we've activated at this point, but it is a feature that we have access to with Train Heroic, which is that as a, you know, as a quote unquote coach or PT leader or, you know, senior leader or whatever, there is a way to purchase the program such that you can then share it with a group. And, you know, from that perspective, if if I'm in charge of PT for 30 people, all of us have access to it on our phone and can complete the task, you know, whatever. So from that standpoint, sure, you could do it for unit PT, but I think I would echo what you just said, which is that if you're interested in the methodology that we are putting into long and strong for your organization, the better route would be to get with us, you know, sort of one-on-one and we can set up a team for you and, and build programming that actually makes sense for your booker. All right. All right. And the final question, and I am glad people asked it because it makes me very happy. <laughs> 
Will there be leg tucks? No. I'm kidding. Yes, there there will be leg tucks. As the beta tester of the program so far, and a very biased You have texted me, I think, three times now, just yeah, reminding I would, me. I would say there are insufficient leg tucks at this particular <laughs> point. Maybe he's building up to a leg tuck of Palooza, and I'm just not quite there yet. I'm periodizing the training to peak for uh, the leg tuck of Palooza that we have. There will be leg tucks. They might not be every day or every week or something like that, but don't worry, leg tuck nation. I will, uh, I'll keep him on track and make sure they make recurring appearances in the program and feel free. There's actually, we talked about autonomous athletes and how you can swap any exercise at any point in the entire program. I'm not opposed to people swapping in leg tucks as much as they want for whichever exercises they want. You know what? Here, we'll say this right now. If if you send a screenshot of your long and strong session where you have swapped every exercise for a leg tuck, if you send that to Alex, we will give you a discount code that will take $0 off <laughs> of the cost of long and strong. Because I want to save Alex from just getting berated online for having a program that we're promoting that does not include leg tucks. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. The last thing we have here to work through is, um, as people who follow the Instagram know, I've been beta testing it for the last two and a half, three weeks now. And I was going to talk through just some of my observations from going through it myself. One is, and sometimes I'm following programs pretty strictly and I'm going into the gym, wondering what I'm going to do that day and just kind of doing what I feel like based on what's sore and what's not and things like that. Getting on this program has definitely resulted in a more efficient use of my time when I go to the gym. So I'll say that for sure. Um, I get more done in an hour. I feel like I'm being more productive, all that kind of stuff. So definitely in the pro column there. We mentioned earlier in the episode, recently moved out to Colorado, recently rediscovered slash discovered a lot of hobbies. I've been doing some mountain biking, some trail running, some rock climbing, whatever. And so I have had to do a fair amount of adjusting around that. Not a whole lot, to be honest, but some swaps on the days. Um, I mentioned earlier that I'm often doing like a long mountain bike ride or trail run on Sundays. That usually means that Monday is not the ideal day for lower body, which is what the program has. So I will usually swap Monday and Wednesday. So I'm hitting upper body on Monday, lower body on Wednesday. Not super ideal since there's usually some running stuff programmed on Tuesday, but there's no perfect solution to that stuff. And you're going to have to make the assessment based on your fatigue levels and how you're performing and things like that. Um, sometimes I'll move the active recovery day if I'm feeling too fatigued too early in the week, whatever, whatever. And one thing I have done that hasn't popped up on the program, but had worked really well for me is using low impact zone two as the active recovery um, Drew's been programming in some various active recovery activities that you can use. Um, so you can certainly just do exactly what he's programmed, but I've had a couple of times where I just swap in, like I'll, I'll get on the stair climber or something at a pretty low intensity and like watch a TV show for half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever it is. Um, and that works pretty well for me as active recovery. So those are the things I have done that have helped me out. Yeah. I was going to add to that, like the, the low impact zone two is active recovery thing. Like, I think that's very much, you know, it's, it's sort of dealer's choice in the sense that for some people like running can be active recovery, but I would, I would just add here that if you're somebody who doesn't have a background in running and it's not something you do often on those days that you do see 
active recovery and you do see running as an option, I would probably push you more towards something more non-impact um, just because build this around heart rate monitors and zones and things like that. But if you have access to those types of things and you, you see the physiology, you'll probably find out that, you know, this quote unquote active recovery session has my heart rate at like 182. And that's probably not where you want to be. Yeah. RPE is a really effective guide for active recovery. If your RPE is swinging into the, the eight or nine range, you're not, you're not really doing active recovery anymore. And there's a whole conversation around like you can be at a low RPE and still be like loading extra impact on your body that you might not need. So if you're, if you don't have a pretty good base, like volume tolerance for lots of running, or if you're also doing rucking or also things like that, that's just more reason to think carefully about whether or not low intensity running is actually active recovery for you, or if it's just layering on additional stress. Mm -hmm. All right. Does that cover it? Yeah, I think so. I think my microphone broke too while we're sitting. It here sure talking. did. Yeah, it, it broke right before I started talking about my experience. If I sound weird, then that's why. He'll fix it before the next episode, I'm sure. Hopefully. Well, cool. Um, hopefully this answered some of the questions people have about long and strong and they know what to expect a little bit better. As always, if you got further questions, you can always slide in the DMs, shoot us an email, fill out the form on the website, whatever you want to do. Enjoy. Hey, Alex, let's cover our ass real quick. Oh, great idea, Drew. All right, guys. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Before you go, please rate and review the pod on the listening platform of your choice. You can also visit us on our website at www.mopsinmos.com. That's mops, the letter in, mos.com. You can check out the library of podcast episodes, our latest blog entries, any helpful resources, and also sign up for our newsletter. Drew nailed it. Just to underline a couple of things, the podcast entries have in-depth show notes on the website. So if you missed anything or you want to read any of the research we talk about, it is all there. You can, at the bottom of the website, sign up with your email and receive future updates from us. The blog posts go a little bit more in depth and kind of written form on a couple of topics we get questions about all the time. But most importantly, I just want to ask all you guys, our best way the word gets out is absolutely word of mouth. So tell your friends, tell the people you work with, anybody you think would find it useful. Thanks for spreading the word. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to shoot us an email at either Drew or Alex at mopsandmos.com. Or there's a contact form on the website. Thank you.